0: Hello, and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Oliver and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Gus and Nate. Tonight, you'll be staying in room 111, Benedetta, the latest film by controversial filmmaker Paul Verhoeven. So go ahead, get comfortable, and throw on that do not disturb sign as we jump into Benedetta. Benedetta!
1: What's going on, everybody? Shout out to all my nuns out there. (laughs) Um, We have a first on the podcast. This will be the uh, first time we're doing two videos in one week. Uh, We just kind of... It was a special week. We had seen benedetta and we felt like there was no way we can't talk about this movie The power of this movie compelled me (laughs) so here we are with benedetta Um, something from
0: above told me we need to make this episode. yeah
1: we were we were compelled so Uh, so yeah here we are um midweek episode first time we're doing that but uh yeah it's the week of the pauls
2: yeah Uh, paul thomas anderson paul verhoeven what's up guys gus here um benedetta does not give a fuck. Yeah, dude, for real. Holy fuck. Wow. <laughs> we came across this movie when we were watching... What were we watching? Was it The Last Duel, or was it Come On, Come On? I think it was Come On, Come On. Because I, it was one of the times your brother was with us, right? And yes. I think he saw the trailer as well. Yeah. So we, we were only made aware of this movie not that long ago, but... Holy shit. Like, right. Literally, yeah, literally two <laughs> wow. weeks
1: ago had never heard anything about it. And then all of a sudden it was just on our
2: radar. And then, yeah, we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Ro had seen it one day before you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think five minutes into the movie I realized that you had made a fatal error. <laughs> yeah, and not going <laughs> and that like, day. Yeah. I was like, oh, I wish Nate was here because I know we would have wanted to record the episode the very next day.
1: Because I, I was originally going to see this today. I was gonna, oh, the, the, yeah, the, the okay. day That's right true. now that we're recording.
2: Um, but after you guys
1: basically gave it some really high praise, our glowing review, I just, there was no way I couldn't go see it. So I went and saw it. And, yeah, holy, uh, holy shit.
2: Yeah, I posted our uh me and Rose, like, car reactions. That's what I was going to say. Which I think, uh, that was pretty fun. I think we should do more of those. Yeah, I was
1: like, you guys do that, and that's I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's all I was going to
0: say, is that that's how we knew this movie was special, was that we did that for the first time. Yeah. yeah. It was his idea to be like, I have so much to say right now, you know? a straight hot take of the movie. I mean, he got you guys with the whole, so like, we, Jesus is, but, uh, Killing snakes in this in this movie?
2: Yeah, sex, violence, and Jesus slicing serpents is how I yeah, described it. Like,
1: I don't even know. I had no idea what to expect going into this movie. I was just so blown away by the trailer and... What it was trying to do, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. So yeah, dude. Oh my god.
2: I know you had said you've shown this trailer to somebody because they were asking you about movies, and they were like, "This looks tight." I right? did. Yeah. One of my one of my coworkers. We were talking about movies, and I was saying how I was going to go see
1: it, and showed him the trailer, and he's like, "Holy shit! He's they like, make that movies looks like this? Crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're out
2: there, yeah. They really are." <laughs> I didn't. you say that he asked you like,
1: "How do you find movies?" Yeah. He's, movies like, he's like, like, "How this? the fuck do you find movies like this?" And um, I don't know. Just kind of. I don't find know, them. but I'm glad I they did. They find right? me. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. the good
2: ones find you mm-hmm. it's so happy that we did see this in theaters like yeah um oh. how do you guys feel about paul verhoven in general do you find yourself to be a fan i know he's a very controversial director
1: i honestly i like him i haven't seen all of his work but i mean i've seen starship troopers robocop total recall and i they're now all seen benedetta now i've seen benedetta and i've liked them all their movies seem to be fun they teeter between satire and Um, Like a serious film I feel like And he kind of He really walks that line Especially in Benedetta Oh yeah Like really Really teeters that line Of going
2: too far too Oh yeah Is this good? Wait 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 This is badass Like (laughs) did did he go too far? Probably Did it work? Yes Yes (laughs) it did (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I My guess, personal history with Paul Verhoeven is that I've had a long history with the movie Showgirls. <laughs> I know. You, you even told that, like, to me before we knew about Benedetta. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that is a critically panned movie, multiple Razzies, but that movie has a very strong following of people who believe that that's, like, one of the funniest satires to ever exist, and um, it was Kyle McLaughlin's debut film no no sorry it wasn't but it was kyle mclaughlin like fresh off of like dune and twin peaks and all those things and then he was in this and i believe he refuses to like speak on that movie Mm -hmm. showgirls and elizabeth berkeley was in that movie playing you know that was like before disney stars used to have their turn into being adults like elizabeth berkeley kind of pioneered that with showgirls because she was on saved by the bell and then to be in a movie that's about um like strippers and dancers and all of that but my parents would let me watch that movie with them when I was a kid. And I never understood why my parents kind of let me get away with murder. When it came to movies, I watched (laughs) anything and everything. And that's how come I have a podcast now because of my repressed trauma of watching (laughs) movies like showgirls. (laughs) (laughs) Here We are talking about this one now. Yeah. And here we are talking about Benedetta. Oh man. (laughs) But I do like total recall. Robocop is classic. Yeah. Um, Starship
1: troopers is, it's so campy. I like it. Like, yeah. And I I think
2: that's what we're talking about. It's just, if you're, if you're in on it, then it's for you you know if you're willing to just accept it for what can it is can you roll with this movie yeah yeah benedetta is definitely one yeah. i can roll with this yeah. movie's hot <laughs>
0: <laughs> saying it. the least yeah
1: yeah, so yeah to say the least um so yeah i guess let's let's jump into this movie this uh the movie is about um Benedetta. Benedetta. Who, She's a
2: real person.
1: Yeah, this is based on true events. So, um, it's a 17th century nun in Italy, suffers from disturbing religious and erotic visions. She is assisted by a companion, and the relationship between the two women develops into a romantic love affair. Yeah. That's basically pretty surface level what this movie's about. I think it dives into a lot. Um, very funny, very serious at the same time. It It was a very unique film, I felt like.
2: I want to just put a, a a blanket statement out there that I I do want to do spoilers for this one yeah. because there's so many things I want to talk about yeah. with this movie so if you haven't seen this and you don't want to be spoiled go check this movie out if you can maybe come back when you've seen it definitely come back yeah <laughs> but um just a general blanket that it's going to be spoilers in this yeah. one in this this
1: this movie was a little x-rated I guess you could say so
2: you know warning on that too but yeah if you're not really into vulgar, naughty things, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe this one's not for you. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to have your, uh, your sen- like, your, your sensibilities challenged, maybe this is one you want to check out. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I did, before we really get into it, I kind of wanted to talk about the the Catholic Church being pressed about this the church, movie. The church mm, hates so funny. this film. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now seeing it, I understand yeah, why I, they would I be upset, it but it's it's funny in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> They do this every couple of years, honestly. I mean, the last time I can really remember it is The Passion of the Christ. I know back in the day, Scorsese had this problem with The Last Temptation of Christ because of that movie portraying Jesus in a, like a way of him having a bride. You know, I don't, I guess religious people are against that. Yeah. But (laughs) this movie is pissing off the right people, I guess, right? (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it at their expense, I guess. Hey, sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Repent for me, I guess, because I enjoyed this one a lot.
0: Paul sitting here like that, the guy at that meeting the town meeting he just puts his hands up I'm like what what did i do i'm just telling you guys what happened yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just facts, dude. yeah. i mean because this was based off uh,
1: a book by um uh, judas c brown it was called the immodest acts and the, uh, the life of a lesbian nun in renaissance italy so i mean benedetta was a real person and you know events of this were were real
2: so. can we talk about why this movie is in french if it's set in italy Italy, makes no sense but once again this movie doesn't give a fuck yeah (laughs) i mean i watch a lot of anime and like one i'm watching right now is set in like russia but it's in japanese obviously so i'm used to it but this one kind of caught me off guard because i was i had the italian jokes piled up ready to go and i was like ah, it's a french movie (laughs) definitely some give and take with this one but uh i think just from the start this movie just really reels you in. I know we said it took all of like three, four minutes for me to be like, I'm completely in on yeah. this movie, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <Yeah. laughs> Legitimately, there's like two, there's
1: two things that happened within the first five minutes where I was like, all right, here we go. It's going to be this kind of movie.
2: Yeah. Like we mentioned with the licorice pizza episode, I knew I was in good hands mm-hmm. right, right away. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, this movie, like, I really just did not know what to expect. And so to kind of get that... uh I don't know, I was satisfied. I, was, right, I think my favorite
2: go. part about movies in general is that it doesn't matter if I'm into something or not. I'm willing to watch a movie about anything as long as they make it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as long as it's well made, honestly. I'll give it a go. I mean, oh I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm a huge nun movie fan. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But oh not God. just really something I look into, but I'm willing for I'm willing to let any movie wash over me and show me a good time.
1: Yeah, the, the one thing I do, this movie was, it was super complete, I felt like. It, like, a lot of the characters had complete arcs. There was a lot of
2: things going on, and, oh, my God, this movie was so ridiculous. Um, let's talk about the main character, Benedetta, Virginia Afira. Mm-hmm. She worked with uh, Verhoeven on his last movie, Elle. Um She's a powerhouse. She killed it. Right? Yeah. I, wa- I really want to see her in more stuff. Um, I'm definitely going to seek out and see what other things she's been in, and keep an eye on her in the future because she just gives a hell of a performance in this movie, and I don't know if anybody else could do it the way she did. You she know? was uh,
1: so convincing, you mm-hmm. know, in her in her portrayal of Benedetta. Um. Yeah, her and my personal favorite, my my favorite actor in this movie was
2: um, Charlotte Rampling. Yeah, who played uh, like you know the head sister, the head abbess. They called her the Reverend Mother, Reverend Mother, and she was the Reverend Mother in Dune, mm-hmm. which is like, damn, you picked two gnarly roles I this know. year. <laughs> she, yeah,
1: she just gave such a f- such a strong performance. Um, she's a good actor. I
2: told Roe, yeah, and when we after we had seen it, I was like, she's just a good actor, and maybe I'm too young to realize that she's always been a good actor but this is these two movies are my introduction to her yeah. and i just told him i was like this just goes to show you that people really were like really good actors back then mm-hmm. and now we're kind of in poverty times <laughs> with some of the actors we have now because even her like it's such a it's such a subtle performance it's not like it's really out there and super uh like bombastic and loud but it's such a strong performance in the same way she carried herself in dune there's just like a a sense of like regalness and like royalty right, yeah, to absolutely. her even when she's playing a nun or whether she's playing a benny Jesuit witch you know exactly
0: she demands her respect on screen
2: yeah she does she really knows how to pull it and i felt like the last time we had gotten something like that was either dune and last night or last night in soho or even the mother character in the last duel yeah right yeah i mean That's a good point <laughs> these older actors are really showing us what's up this the one year. that got
0: me yeah um, the queen and green knight
2: yeah the queen and the green knight yeah exactly Oh, Benedetta, Benedetta. Yeah, Benedetta.
0: You can see what we're comparing it to. All the <laughs> movies. Do we
1: do we hop into this movie now?
0: Yeah, I'm
2: going to... One last thing. This
1: is easily one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, yeah. And just for it to, like like we talked about, for it to really come out of nowhere and then just totally, like, easily top five movies of the year for me right now. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. So We have a few more to see, but
2: yeah. I'm pretty sure this is up there. I just... Oh, I yeah. couldn't believe it.
1: it. It was just so... It was so... Everything was done right. Like, it was so weird... But, oh, my God.
2: Let's talk about some of the, the themes of this movie before we get into, like, the plot and doing yeah. the spoilers and stuff like that. Because this movie's got so much going on. From my notes, I wrote down that I put themes and ideas. And we got power, corruption, faith, manipulation, leadership, the thin line between good and evil, sexuality, temptation, mm-hmm. the, ambugid, the ambiguity of life itself. Exactly. Like there's <laughs> And that's what I think you mean by saying it's a complete movie. It's like It just questions everything, you know? everybody's on trial in this movie and
0: then it's just a romance movie on top of all that
2: yeah it's a complicated romance it is a complicated
0: romance movie
1: One uh, one of the themes that I thought was really interesting that he did I could see why the church is kind of upset about it Paul took a shot at like the idea of using scripture and Jesus to like Towards one's personal gain, yeah, like people use a Bible verse against another person to prove that they're right, and they just keep going back and forth. And you can see how the scripture and like religion is twisted and manipulated.
2: And I just thought that was a really cool part of the movie. We recently saw the Eyes of Tammy Faye. I had it ex- seen it, yep. and then you had seen it, Same and thing I think in that you movie. like the Righteous Gemstones as well. I don't love you? that. Show, so yeah. you're very familiar with this idea of people yeah. using scripture. For their, own, for their own personal game. Yeah, I mean, like, we well, see it now all the time. Yeah, fucking Joel Osteen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. Hiding money in the walls, yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> saw that Pretty shit. sure that's who Danny McBride has based his character
1: off yeah, of, right? <laughs> for real. So just for to see him tackle that and just to see, I mean, like this movie, <laughs> dare I say it, is almost um, Satan's Alley. <laughs> the movie in the beginning of Tropic Thunder that they kind
2: of like flex with Tobey Maguire and uh, it took me a second. I was like, "What is Robert Downey Jr.?" But this movie almost is that movie. There's almost a shot-for-shot shot comparison in that that fake movie Satan's Alley. It's Toby Maguire, right? Yep. And uh, he reaches for his rosary. Yeah, there's a shot almost identical <laughs> yep. to that in this movie, and it's like <gasps> so just to see, like you know, like a,
1: a homosexual relationship inside of the church, like.
2: Hey, the only time I had ever seen
1: it before was, uh, and then throwing on top of Satan's Alley, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then just to see like visions of Jesus, and this movie was insane.
2: Is Satan's (laughs) Alley an innuendo for a butthole? (laughs)
1: Now
2: that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering if that's what that meant. Because that joke definitely went over my head as a kid, right? I was like, oh, that's funny, I guess. But is it? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, I think the other performer we probably need to mention, uh, there's two more, is the character the character of Bartolomia. She's mm-hmm. played by I'm probably gonna butcher her last name, but I'm gonna try my darndest. Her name is Daphne Patakia. Yeah, something like Sorry. that. Sorry. Um I think what her character really symbolizes is um what do i have written here she symbolizes female sexuality temptation acceptance and nature mm. which are things that benedetta has been taught to kind of rebel against like within the church like there's a line in in the very beginning where benedetta shows up to the convent and she's wearing this like beautiful like silk dress you know nice material and they make her change into what is basically a hay sack that yeah. she's going to wear for like the rest of her life and she tells oh, the the nun at that time tells her Well, you better get used to it because your body is not something that should be pleasure. Your body is your own. Feel pleasurable. Like, yeah, your body is your own. You're
0: supposed to feel uncomfortable in it.
2: Yeah, you should feel uncomfortable in your own body. And, (laughs) like, I remember a long time ago when I met Roe, and just like every young person questioning religion, I always used to tell him because I grew up Catholic not hardcore, but I was just like the faith that we were part of that. I always wondered why was I supposed to feel guilty for being alive? Right here. Yeah. <laughs> like this idea of that, like my, me being born is a sin. Like I don't feel that way. Right. And I think this movie, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I just saw something awesome. Um, I think this movie really questions like, what if God wanted you to, Have pleasure in life and not live a miserable existence. Yeah, dude. I wrote something down. Um, I actually, somebody on Reddit said it.
1: um, Where is it? Oh, yeah. They said, finally, a movie that asked the question, why can't we be horny about God?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Horny for God, Why doesn't God
1: want us to be horny, you know? So it's just, it really, it does tackle that. That thought, and it's, I don't know, I've never seen that in a movie.
2: I like how they yossified Jesus in this movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was he was a babe. <laughs> it, it was easily the most badass portrayal of Jesus I've ever seen. Oh, easily. hes I mean, he's out here cutting off people's heads, he's slicing up serpents, he's, you know, he's telling her, he's like, go pleasure yourself for me.
2: And now you know why we have to give spoilers for this movie, because, yeah. I mean, dude, Jesus is like an Assassin's Creed character, like God of War or something, you <laughs> in know? In the all-white, dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he tucks. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus tucks, by the way. That really caught me off guard. That's that's what I wanted to text that's you guys you,
1: after the movie is I wanted just to say it's like Jesus has a mangina <laughs> Oh my God,
2: God, please don't smite me down
0: if you're listening. And I
2: know we had talked
0: about uh, at work we you said that scene when you were watching it by yourself, you are like, I was expecting the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were going to make Jesus super hung, and they said no.
1: Like They, they were going to give you that
2: Dr. Manhattan moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're like,
1: no, he's even too good for that. It's like, damn. damn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why he needs it through her. He's too otherworldly for
2: a penis. Exactly. It's just like, damn, he's too pure. But, oh my God, dude. This movie, it was just all I over think, the place. One thing I want to mention with the like the storyline and like the whole Jesus thing, and I thought this was really interesting because this is something that people claim to have happened is uh, the stigmata, mm-hmm. which is having mm-hmm. a vision of Christ and then uh, like receiving like, his wounds, receiving his wounds. Right. And I have a picture of it saved on my phone of like just an artistic rendering of that. And I know you guys can't see this. Maybe I'll post it on the pod, but or on the pod Instagram, but I got to show you guys look at this laser beams coming out of Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> That's how he did it. <laughs> so hey, maybe Paul movie. Verhoeven is right with like how could I? How could this movie be blasphemy if this actually you happened? Said that this right? Happens,
1: yeah. And this was based off of real, real city, real person, real convent. So and
2: even the uh, even Bartoloméa, because she's real as well, and that is actually her name. That she, you know, she testified, quote unquote, that th- these things really did happen, and I heard it too. I mean, I couldn't see him right. because it wasn't a vision for me, but yeah, Benedetta was. Not lying. Because,
1: so basically, like, yeah, like, quick summary of this kind of plot is... Um, oh, yeah, we ben- forgot to do Benedetta, that. <laughs> she she's a, she's a nun of this convent. She's been there for almost her whole life since she was young. Um, she kind of worked her way up, and she re- receives visions from Jesus. Like, she is convinced that Jesus is her husband... Like, she's married to Jesus through this religious, you know, ceremony as being a nun. And she receives visions from him. And people try to discredit that and dispel what she says is to be true. And then we see her receive the stigmata. And it kind of turns into this whole, is she lying? Is Jesus really talking to her? And it kind of, you know. It It even
2: questions the whole God working in mysterious ways. Like, maybe, did she harm herself or did this actually happen? And that's kind of an integral plot point that plays out later for one character who, it ends up causing her demise, yeah. the fact that she had even brought it up. Because these whole
1: visions, I mean, it basically splits her convent down the middle. Maybe not necessarily down the middle, but it splits them for sure. And so you see people that are accepting it, and you see people that are pushing back against Benedetta because they think what she's saying is... The town is definitely
2: willing to accept it. Accept they, it yeah. they, they're calling her Santa Benedetta exactly. and stuff like that. Like, she's already a saint to them. Um, Hold on real before you go. The reason I think that the town is willing to accept her so much is because this takes place during the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and this is this is true, that uh, Pescia was was able to fend off the plague for whatever reason. And some of it is credited to Benedetta and her, like, Jesus protecting them because they're protecting her bride and uh, protecting his bride and taking care of her and respecting mm-hmm. her. And her people, yeah. Yeah, so I could see why in that time maybe people were willing to believe something like this but when it's as simple as, like, well, nobody's getting sick, and she says she <laughs> yeah. can see God, so maybe we're, we are protected by her.
0: I'm just going to say the movie just gives you so much evidence in the first five minutes, like, in the whole bird scene. and it, Like, see the virgin. And and in that scene, she's talking about a virgin, not even talking about Jesus Christ. So to me, there's so much evidence that she is enlightened through religious purposes. She is special, but there's stuff like the the stigmata, like, Did she do it herself? But then that bears the question, like, yes, in a physical form here, if Jesus made you do it, you would have to do it yourself. Yeah. But, like, did he manifest you grabbing something to do it? Whether that's That would still literally be him manifesting it. And I feel like that's where it sits. It's not like they make it sound like, oh, well, he didn't, like, give it to her and they just showed up. I saw her with the little piece of glass or whatever. And we get evidence that the girl that she's with later towards the end, like, she catches her, too, with, like, you use this but that doesn't disqualify that Jesus made her do that.
2: God works in mysterious ways.
1: Right. I I do really like that part of the movie because I mean, that's what I think this movie does so well is it does hold that ambiguity. There is no significant answer. You know what I mean? Like, did she do it? Did Jesus do it? Was it a mix of both? Like, we don't know. But at the end of the day, She kept the plague out of Pesha. So, you know what I mean? Like, damn. So,
2: (laughs) which that's so crazy to me because there's so many scenes in the movie where you're like, this is a super spreader event now that I have COVID eyes and I can. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Put
1: your mask on, fools. (laughs) But no, this movie was, yeah. And so that's the basic plot of the movie. And then, yeah, I mean, events happen. But I really wanted to talk about what I thought was so funny because, like I said, this movie does, it talks about these very serious. Topics. Topics, you know, religion and Jesus and, you know, the afterlife. And then you also have, like, between the two main characters, Benedetta and Bartolomea, they have a meet cute while shitting on the toilet. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they're ripping ass on the toilet, and that's when they, like, you know, kind of hit it off. So, it just, it does both sides of this movie very well.
2: I mean, this movie starts with a bird shitting in a dude's eye who's trying, who's threatening to kill Benedetta and her family. And it's basically used as a sign of God that, you know, like, I got your back. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the
0: next scene is a jester farting, throwing flames out of his ass. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of fart jokes in this movie, and they (laughs) work. I thought the dialogue was just really sharp and witty, and there were so many things that the characters say to each other that was just like, sit, burn. Right? Yeah, yeah. like, there's one scene, uh, maybe towards the middle of the movie, where... um, because I'm not too familiar with, like, the religious aspect, they call him the nuncio. Mm-hmm. I believe he's probably, like, a cardinal, something yeah. along those lines, like a higher like up a in the Catholic church. under
1: the Pope somewhere. Yeah. Right?
2: And he's kind of in charge of, he's like a middleman, right? Because yeah. he's in charge of, or, like, a district manager. He has to go check the cities exactly. to make sure that what's going on the is nuncio, all good. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And him and Benedetta have this really, like, sharp scene where she offers to wash his feet, and at this point she's already in charge of the, the convent. She's an abbess. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Well, the abbess would wash my feet. And she's like, Well, when I was a a novice, that was the other word they kept using. When I was a novice, I washed many people's feet. And then I know like my mom had always told me with like religious stuff that like this this concept of like Jesus washing washing people's feet is kinda like a, a sign of like I'm not above anything. It's humbling, yeah. Yeah, it's like humbling, right? But then the nuncio tries to turn it around on her, and he was like, you dare try to seduce me like a whore? And then Benedetta really just quick, quick-tongued, quick sharp-witted, right back at him. Well, what would you know about how whores act?
1: Yeah, how would you know how they act? Yeah, aren't you supposed
2: <laughs> to be goes, this pure religious dude? <laughs> I'm going to act like
0: I didn't hear that.
2: Yeah, and just how quickly that power can turn, that mm-hmm. that like that dynamic of like, well, now I have dirt on you. And like he's taken aback by that.
1: It's so good, man. This movie is so good. One of my favorite parts was there's a scene where the current abbess, who pl- was. Charlotte Rampling. Played yeah. by Charlotte Rampling, like we were talking about. Her daughter is also a member of the convent. Mm-hmm. And her daughter, they both obviously don't like Benedetta and they think what she's doing is false. blasphemous and false, right? But the mother is obviously older, and she's been through the politics of the church. So she kind of understands, like, this is maybe something we need to keep her mouth shut and let's see how it plays out. It doesn't out.
2: matter if we know or don't know. But the right. daughter
1: is, I mean, you know, being young and youthful, she's like, this is wrong. And she basically, you know, confesses to the father at the convent that she thinks she lies about seeing. She does lie. She lies about Benedetta, you know, putting the stigmata on herself. Seeing her.
0: Because seeing, she she's, lies
1: about seeing Right. Her. And she has a conversation with her mother about it. Um, and her mom says, I'm not going to back you up. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, I'm not going to help you. And so the daughter, what's her, what's her name? Christina, I think. Yeah. Christina. Uh, yeah in the film. So Christina, the daughter goes ahead and they're having dinner now. And the father calls her out and she, he's like, do you want to go ahead and tell everybody <laughs> yeah. you know what you're telling me? And she's like, oh, right here, right now. He's like, well, yeah, duh. Like, you know, and so she goes and she basically says that she has seen this happen. And she looks at her mom and she says that her mom, like, you know. Knows the truth, too. And her mom shuts her down. Yeah. And then she's forced to whip herself in front of everybody as Mm -hmm. punishment. And it was just...
2: It's just such a good fucking scene. like, And then it leads to this crazy scene, in, like on a visual level, you know, of this comet hanging over the church and like the sky is red. It literally looks like hell has so opened sick. up, right?
1: And, yeah. And because then the town is all, they're basically, they're scared and they're saying like, this is a sign that the plague is going to come. It's a bad omen or something bad is going to happen. And Benedetta is like, no, this is a sign that God will protect us. And then Christina, the girl who was kind of humiliated in front of everybody, Jumps off the roof of the
2: convent and kills herself. Very similar to the midsummer moment when the old yes, guy, yeah, he <laughs> jumps off the roof well, or not off the off the side of the cliff. Sorry. And
1: and then Charlotte Rampling is like climbing up the stairs trying to get to her daughter before she does, and she sees it happen. And it's such a harrowing scene,
0: but oh my god, it was just so good. Like yeah, I think what's crazy about all that scene. You say that, and I think the next scene that follows all of that is um Benedetta and her going into like her room and then she asked her um, that she was getting off at her whipping herself.
1: Oh, Bartolomea tells Benedetta, that she's like, I saw that you enjoyed that. Yeah. I was
0: thinking of you. And that's why I think it's, that's where this film does the, the heavy stuff that you guys are talking about these themes that is questioning and the religious purposes behind it. But then there's that love romance that they have and how that's forbidden. And, just has the best of both sides honestly like it it starts to get very uh graphic
2: um we we realized with benedetta like early in the film that she is kind of spiteful even Mm -hmm. for being so like holier than thou and being the bride of jesus and all of that she does many things in this film to harm other people and i think it's because she has that hubris of i'm the bride of jesus and like i can dole out punishment as i please even though I'm not their superior
1: One of the This I like that you brought that up Because when she I think she's talking to the abbess At this point Yeah And she's telling her like She's explaining why she made Somebody do something That harmed them And she she, says
2: Since we're doing spoilers When she meets Bartolomea And Bartolomea fucks up uh, The bobbits For the sewing material Yeah she makes her reach into boiling, boiling hot, hot water, water and to pull pull them out like she's bobbing for apples. Like burned Their her hand. flesh off. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so then she's talking to abbess,
1: She's like, why did you make her do that? And she says, well, God, like you learn through pain and suffering. And she's like, your own pain, not other people's. Like yeah. you can't dish it out on other people because that doesn't help you. Like, you know what I mean? It's not your place. So, it, you know, just another like.
2: So we get multiple scenes of that too. We, do. we get the, the, and it, it's. It's worst case scenario ending is someone killing themselves. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is Charlotte Rampling's character, like her, the interesting character dynamic that she has is that she's this abbess and she's says like this is the path I've chosen, even if you think it's ridiculous. To her daughter, because we get the realization that she's not even religious and she doesn't she, even she believe. Doesn't in any even of believe this. in it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Damn. She's just doing it for the politics, basically, because this is a decision that she made. Yeah.
2: I mean, honestly. Uh, not to get too, like, political here or, like, woke or whatever, but what else was a woman really going to do at that time to have a position of power unless she's, like, a queen or a princess or something, right? So I just think this is a way for her to have some... Like, credibility. Credibility in the world, yeah, and power, and, like, she can at least protect she the girls that are around by her. by people in the town. Yes, yes. That's she is. Yeah. And, I mean... But these times sucked, obviously, because yeah. even like the character of Bartolomea, like her situation, the way she gets to the convent it's in the horrible. first place is she's trying yeah, to seek terrifying. refuge from an abusive father who, and has lo- yeah, and brothers yeah. who have, um, her father had lost the, uh, his wife. And so he starts using Bartolomea as his wife. And that's really the most I want to say about yeah. that. Like, I'm not going to get you into get the it. graphics you of it, it, but sh- that's what she's trying to escape. And, and he basically sells
1: her off for the price of what? A good dog, good dog is dog. what he
2: says. Yeah, yeah because um, Benedetta sees her, and I, I just think she's infatuated with her from the very beginning because she's so different from Benedetta. So, like, at this time, Benedetta's parents are visiting when it happens, and um, she asks her dad, who he must be some kind of, like, Lord eh, Baron type of dude. Yeah, he's got money. Yeah. Um, she asks him to pay for uh, Bartolomea like that, her, Benedetta's family will cover it, yeah. and they are able to. And you just see the like the awfulness of that time, just that you see a quick exchange for a person's life, yeah. right there, just within two minutes, and it's crazy. Yeah, he walks in there, chasing other than his that, daughter? wiping your ass with hay. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so he walked in there chasing his daughter, and then I'll, I don't have a daughter anymore. Yeah, twenty for
2: twenty bones. I'll so go uh, get a dog. Twenty scuderi. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the politics in this movie though, I think that's one of the big things that really plays in like how even how you can just manipulate power and all of a sudden I know the, the Twitter take on this is like Benedetta is about how hot girls should be able to do whatever they want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. that's, so funny. And
2: yeah. that's kinda what we see is that for religious purposes, it is good for the church to kinda like promote Benedetta as a saint because I mean at this time, if I was like the nuncio or one of the other fathers, I think it'd look good on my resume if, oh yeah, by the way, we have this one nun and she's got visions of God. Yeah, like Jesus does talk to her, like yeah. we're the shit, you know what I mean? But Yeah, especially in these times where I think there's so many different religious things going on and so many different types of faith and stuff like that, that having a, a saint on your side is pretty helpful yeah. in the fight.
0: I would agree. It built up credibility, that church or that group of nuns in that city. And because the black plague is going around everywhere, they're so willing to listen to, like, whatever the religious people that are there are saying. And so I think her being, like, having those visions and then proving it, like, all of those things that we see where her voice changes and stuff, I think that to them proves it that, obviously, because there's no logical explanation at that time as to why someone would be able to do something like that. And I think that, to them, makes it seem like, well, she's obviously... The it's one real. thing
2: that Benedetta can do that is unexplainable is the voice where when things start going like too haywire and she's feel like the pressure's on and her back back is against the wall. She like Jesus's voice he, like comes her. through her yeah, yeah and it's like she's possessed but by Jesus and he's calling them blasphemers and like Heritage. how dare you yeah like question my wife harlots and, and yeah and those things are badass they're so fucking cool I had to make the meme of use the voice, use the voice. and I put a picture of Jesus <laughs> over <laughs> over the mom from the Dune Betty, yeah <laughs> the Betty Jezreel. oh my god um yeah man I I'm kind of at a loss for words because. I don't know if I'm smart enough to understand every, like, small religious thing that's happening, but I-, I was just blown away by this movie.
1: I was, too. This is... I think this is a movie, like, at least for me,
2: I would love to watch it again.
1: I mm-hmm. think that you could probably pick up on some stuff, maybe, that you didn't see the first time. Um,
2: but, yeah. I think man. it will have you questioning every time, is this real? Is this fake? Yeah. Because there are certain things that you... There is no logical explanation for them, and I told Ro like as a non-religious person, if someone was using <laughs> a voice like that, how can I explain that in a way that makes sense? I might have to throw my hands up and be like, "That's unexplainable to me," in like mm-hmm. a, in a logical sense,
1: exactly because there are things like there is evidence that she did hurt herself, that she wounded herself to kind of like you know promote the stigmata, but then like you said, there are also instances where. It was none of her doing, like the bird that shit on the guy's face. There's a stat- that could be a there's coincidence, a, but what are the chances? There's a statue right? of Mary that, when she's praying to as a little girl, like falls and literally it like hangs an
2: inch right before her face, and somehow doesn't kill her. And then we get our first instance that Benedetta has interest in women because she tries to suck the titty of the yeah. Virgin. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that- <laughs> Which I couldn't tell if that was, like, a sexual thing. But I kind of thought it was maybe trying, trying to show Vincent? that innocence of, yeah. like, a, a yeah, the mother. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, like, breastfeeding from the mother. But <laughs> that, was a, that was a trippy scene. I could understand why people would be mad. Yeah. Defiling the Virgin, <laughs> the Virgin Mary. Virgin but what I wanted to say before I get off that is that that's our first instance that Charlotte Rampling and her daughter are exactly. not falling for Benedetta's yeah. shit. Because the daughter asks, like is that really a miracle? And, um, the abbess, Charlotte Rampling is like, there are things that are unexplainable that aren't miracles. She says something along mm-hmm. those lines. And I didn't say it as poetically. I'm butchering it, but just that, like there's false miracles that happen all the time just because she wasn't crushed by it's the like, statue. Not every miracle mean, is created by God. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it just lays that seed early in the movie that like, just because there's these things happening doesn't mean I still believe in it. And then you find out it's because she's not religious in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, all of this of doesn't even is the doubt. Yeah. yeah, of course.
0: I think it's... There's an interesting fact how everybody in this movie uses Jesus talking to them as an, like an excuse to do something. But she's the only one we have evidence that it happens to. Because when the... What's the name of the... Um, the guy that ends up coming to the city? Nuncio. The nuncio. Because he, he has, like, power, supposedly, over that ministry, that nuns. Right? And it's because Jesus has him in a position and that but then they don't want to open the doors to them because they're like well she told us like yeah you're gonna let the plague in and to not let anybody in and she's chosen by jesus and it's just that is how gullible everything was like well jesus told me and people were like well why would you lie about that right and
1: then for him to go into the city and have and bring the plague into the city yeah yeah like
0: just further so she was because she was right right to not let anybody in. And then the one person that they let in because they were talking about religion and they're like, oh, well, Jesus wants us to come in if you love, like, let us in. So they let him in and she brought the plague. So there's but always the, evidence. But
2: the thing is, though, this is where the ambiguity starts to come in is that one of the sisters already has the plague. But you isn't it from visiting, him, from visiting
0: him? Jacoba? this sister uh, Jacoba yeah. or whatever? Yeah.
2: They, oh, yeah. Her, uh, On her breast? Yeah. yeah. And it's like. <laughs> it's like leaking all over the bed yeah. or something like that. And they have to hide her and separate her from so the rest of the sisters. So that's what I was trying to figure. Did you, was that the plague or was it something else? I mean, I'm going to assume it's it as? the plague okay. because it, the, the sores and like the lumps yeah. and all that look very similar to, well, like we said, spoiler alert, that yeah. the nuncio has the plague and so does the original abbess. Yeah. She
0: has it too. Sister Felicia, there, That's whatever. what I yeah. wasn't sure of, though, is if that lady had the place. I
2: mean, what else would yeah, it be? It was right? up in the air for me, but, yeah, I could I could definitely see that
1: because they did keep her away, and, yeah, I could see that.
2: And that's what I meant about that super spreader shit because when they finally turn on Benedetta and they have her trial and then they are going to burn her at the stake. Before we move on, before we before we get to that, I gotta—I was watching an interview with Verhoeven before we did this, and he was saying that just a little history lesson Um, Lesbian sex at that time Like if you go back to the 1500s You could be burned at the stake for it Mm -hmm. Right But then by the time the Benedetta story happened It was only um, Like a burnable offense (laughs) If you were to use a toy or a dildo Or something like that And there's an object in this movie Let's not give that away What the object is But there's an object that is used for penetration And that is the reason why they keep looking she's, for it. like, eligible to be burned, burned. is because of that specifically. That's why the nuncio wants evidence of the... Yeah, because that way that. they can get rid of her. And it's, it's a less punishable offense if it would have just been sex between two people. But the whole adding a toy aspect to it... So weird. Because I guess in that <laughs> Judith Brown book, there's, like, a couple pages about, like, the role that sex toys played in that.
1: Very interesting. Mm. And that one of the
2: reasons Benedetta in real life even wanted to ascend to power was that so she could have a, a room to herself. That's literally, that was my joke. I literally joked about that when we yeah. left the movie. I was
1: like, she literally like used the word of God to just allow get a herself room. to eat, you know. To get
2: some puss. To eat box in the <laughs> biggest bed in the room, yeah. <laughs> <Like>. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just can't believe that Paul Verhoeven is 83. And that this is what's coming out of him. He's his, like, "This
1: is what I want to do."
2: <laughs> yeah, he said in that same interview that the thing is, is that in a non-religious aspect, he's very intrigued by the his, the historical like character of Jesus, hmm. like not in a not in a spiritual sense, right? But just that if he really existed, like, what was his impact really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's crazy that there may have been a guy who. <laughs> Because, Jesus, yeah, by,
1: by all accounts, there was a dude. There was Jesus. Yeah. Who was he? That's what that's up for debate. So,
0: that's cool. No, the, this
1: movie was... I, I really liked it. I movie. have this
0: interesting excerpt that um, I found on IMDb. and it says... It's just like a fact. Interesting fact. It says, There's plenty of sex and nudity, but all the actors said in the interviews that they were unfazed. The star, Fira, believes sexuality is an interesting subject. These aren't... that Not many directors know how to film. Paul... Has known from the beginning and is somehow is someone who has dealt with his, this major topic in an amazing way. Nudity is of no interest when it's not depicted in a beautiful way. That's not what Paul does. Everything was very <laughs> joyful when we stripped off our clothes. Daphne P- Patakia, who plays Sister Bartolomeo, concurred. You forget these are naked bodies. I have the impression that even in Paul's other films, these scenes where people are nude or making love, well, they speak reams. And then she keeps on going on like how she's just really comfortable to do it with him, and they don't even see it as that when they're filming under him.
2: I think it's so funny that she says he doesn't do it a certain way, but she must have not seen Showgirls. <laughs> 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 because there's the the scene of Elizabeth Berkley and Kyle MacLachlan having sex in the pool, and they're splashing around, and they're going like that. It's like the most unrealistic sex thing you funny. could ever see, and that's like the satire just pushed through the roof, right. you know? But. I just think it's funny because no, like, maybe you haven't seen Showgirls. I mean, this movie you might have a different opinion <laughs> as it compared to like Showgirls and <laughs> yeah. this, obviously I think Maybe she meant
0: more for this movie, the way he's gonna film this movie. But yeah. she obviously hasn't seen she's she like he doesn't gross. do
2: that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Could be like a, you com- sure about that? a comfortability yeah. thing. You sure, about that? <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that, why?
1: But no, I mean this movie like this movie did have a lot of nudity and, you know, sex in it. And I felt but I felt like he did do a good job. Like it could have been way more vulgar than it was. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? But he, he did a good job balancing it. It definitely is out there. In terms of like sex scenes in a movie, you know those Europeans. Yeah, <laughs> this was a French film. But. I think
2: that is. I mean, honestly, I think that is one of the reasons is that America sensibilities are so babyish. I'll say, like, oh, well, got sex. That's like that's like it. That almost goes back to our previous video when we
1: were talking about um, liquor's pizza. Like everybody's up in arms because you know a fifteen-year-old and twenty-five-year-old kissed but you have all this racism and all this other stuff. And why do we freak out when it comes to sex? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's this huge, big, weird
2: cloud over sex in America and it can't be talked about. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why when you random fact, but like in Japan, they have those bath bathhouses that are public where hundreds of people are naked in front of each yeah. other. And it's no big deal because yeah. it's like, well, these are just our bodies. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and because of, Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going down this rabbit hole but because America is founded in such a, like religious image I'm not surprised That we still are So It's such a taboo Yeah it's so taboo To see two naked people On the screen Yeah, you know? I gotta be honest I'm <laughs> This is gonna be so funny What a self report I used to not really care For sex scenes in movies But hey Maybe Benedetta Changed my mind <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of the time, um, the sex scenes almost
1: feel like they're unneeded. <laughs> like, it's just like you threw it in there to have people
2: have sex. Like, this, it called for it. Yeah, Verhoeven did say, someone asked him, how do you feel about sex in movies? Do you feel it's necessary? And he was like, well, what's necessary? Is yeah. it even necessary to make movies? You know? Like, I know he kind of just debate-lorded them with that tactic, but... It's necessary if it is make true. it necessary. Like, was yeah. did
1: this have a point?
2: This, it really did. It's i got to be honest, story. when I've made that point about not liking sex scenes in movies, I think it's because I've seen... Um, what is it? It's the Nicholas Rogue film. Is it called Don't Look Now? I might be butchering the name, but it's like a, it's like a horror thriller type of movie about people who lost their children and kind of has like a... It's, it's like an early beta version of Hereditary kind of, right? And there's a long, uncomfortable sex scene in that movie and it's got these weird jump cuts. I honestly think that's why I, I said it that Maybe. day. I'd seen that movie and I was like, I don't like sex <laughs> <laughs> movies. <laughs> I think it was because I was like, these two people, I'm finding them very unattractive. It's the 70s. It just looks gross. No thanks, no thanks, but hey, Benedetta, you've opened my mind. Yeah. yeah, the movie, yeah, Jesus, the movie is hot. <laughs> if you were a, a child and listening to this, you should not be listening to this, and yeah. you definitely do not see this movie. Yeah, for real. <laughs> now this was, this was
0: a very mature movie. It yeah. was. It was a very mature movie. I thought this movie was shot really well, too. It was beautiful,
2: yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. The
0: colors that we were talking about, like when the comet is there, and then also when it shows... Just Jesus being on the cross. That, yeah. That like, Jesus it's such a wide shot. Her
2: dream sequences are what are really... Intense. Is, ...is really when that stuff comes out and, like, okay, we're letting loose with the visuals right here. Um, I know we had kind of compared this movie. It's not s- too similar, but, like, St. Maude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is another movie that we really like. I really like. I love this that year. Movie. I know. Okay, you guys do, yeah. too. I know right. Roe did. Um, Come on. It, it just felt so different from St. Maude, even though they're both... Kind of the same, is this similar. idea of like someone being a saint or being able to have to talk to God. Yeah. But they're portrayed in very different ways. Very. yeah. Like Saint Maude in, uh, since we're doing spoilers, fuck it, I'm going to talk about that movie too. But in Saint Maude, Jesus is, portray- or God is portrayed as a cockroach that she mm-hmm. speaks to. And <laughs> like this movie is the complete opposite, <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So even when they are using God for their own gain, they still have like a love and respect for the like... For their faith, you know? They do. And in St. Maude, it's like, yeah, it's got a very true. evil twist it, to it. It was very dark. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, what I really liked about this movie was, um, what was I going to say? Oh, that, did you notice like most of her visions came at like, her mo- her most horniest times, <laughs> yeah. Like her visions yeah. came when she was super horny, and I I don't know. I just thought that was interesting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's just
0: the facts, man. It this is. all happened.
2: Another another a- aspect of this movie, and I think I brought this up on the last duel episode. It, what it reminded me of, and so does Saint Maud. I just I, I, is the whole Joan of Arc thing. They mentioned Joan of Arc in this we'll movie, and Saint Maud is very similar. Like. With the character of Maude kind of being like Joan of Arc, I just think that she's such a historical like icon that's just, that's just like a well people want to pick from all the time because one of the torture devices they use in this movie,
0: Jesus. they even
2: say that this is what they used on Joan of Arc and even her, she squealed after fucking after we were done with yeah, her so with this. Don't try to be braver than Joan. So of don't Arc. try to be braver than Joan of Arc. I thought it was
0: interesting. You've always talked about the Joan of Arc movie. That's right? like
2: my favorite historical story.
0: Beethoven was gonna. Is thought about working on that, like making one of those. No, nah, like I'm working been, on it. That's the movie know, like, we're gonna write, like that. That
2: in the Wendigo movie. That was interesting, <laughs>
0: dude. But that because you I've always remembered you talking about the Joan of Arc. Why haven't they made it? It's a Joan so of Arc
2: interesting. Movie? I mean, I think it's because it's considered the the black and white one is such a classic movie. It's a silent era movie. I know David Lowry was talking about that movie inspiring the Green Knight. You know this movie, Benedetta, um, Saint Mod. I just think that Joan of Arc is a something people like to pick from because it's such a crazy story. Even it's so similar. Someone having visions from God. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You guys want to keep going? Now you guys are ready to wrap it up. Yeah, I think we're probably good. All right. Let me just check my notes really quick. I want to make sure I didn't leave out anything. I really wanted to say,
0: I, there was an interesting I guess, topic of discussion that I brought up to you, Nate, that it's interesting we don't see her parents anymore after she starts to become very highly regarded. Yeah,
1: we did see her parents a lot in the beginning of the film, and they visited her at the convent. Um, but, yeah, after for whatever reason, once she kind of takes this big religious, um, like, uh, you know, after everything happened, yeah, turn, yeah. Um, she becomes like a prominent figure, and we just, yeah, we don't see her parents anymore. So that's that was a question that I had after you brought it up.
2: I didn't think about it, but
1: yeah, I don't know what happened to her parents.
2: Um, One last thing I really want to mention is how the nuncio totally gets his at the end. Yeah. You're right. Like it, was, it all backfires yep. on him, which is like something we often talk about is like, how come in certain instances where it's like, why don't the people just fight back? Like, mm-hmm. I know that's an easy soft brain thing to say, like you should just fight back. Yeah. But in this instant, it fucking they worked. It, right? they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: They were going to burn her at the stake. And then it got revealed that the nuncio had the black plague in the town fucked him
0: up it's because she gets she gets the voice right before because she gets to talk right before she they, uh, execute they try to her. burn her at stage, and then yeah. she basically gets the stigmata again or yeah. like, and then she gets she gets the voice
2: see in that instance it's like how but she, she had done it. she had done it right but, but where how where, where and how because the in a logistical point like standpoint how would she be able to cut her hands
0: if she was if trying. her hands
2: are behind her back and all the guards are behind her you know Like they would easily be able to see if she had a weapon. And that's where I think
0: you've brought it up that you get the, we get the evidence later that she did do it herself. But is that
2: did God, did Jesus do that for her? Whether she has that,
0: like she physically did it herself. Who knows? But did Jesus do that? Because it just makes no sense.
2: Do you know that story about like, why why didn't you save me? Oh, I sent you a lifeboat. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of similar to that, right? Oh, man. Um, Oh, one thing I did want to mention was at the end of the movie, uh, it's kind of got a happy ending I, I guess I don't really I wouldn't say happy In a way It could have been a lot worse She didn't die She did not die um, Is that As like Stand By Me Or many of the other classic movies It had the text <laughs> at the end yeah. Talking about how they went on Living the rest of their lives and Right And ever <laughs> after And it was just her walking away Towards
0: the I thought that was All like Very traditional like, yeah. yeah Or very westerny Right I, I like, definitely uh, would have
1: stayed In that, that, in that F shack With uh, Bartolome yeah.
2: <laughs> um Yeah <laughs> is that they say that Benedetta Carlini lived out the rest of her days in the convent where she was imprisoned. It's not like it was a, she was kind of like on house arrest, yeah. right? She just kind of had to stay in the convent. This whole saint shit was over, but on a few occasions she was allowed to eat with her fellow sisters, but she was required to sit on the floor and that she lived to be 70 years old, which at that time is fucking crazy really old. and that the plague never made it to Pescia. Yeah. And that just further questions like, well, how if you're faking this whole thing, right? Yeah. But <laughs> this movie leaves me asking so many questions and I, I love that. I mean, in some movies, like Prisoners of the Ghost Land yeah. that you did not like. Yeah. You know, the questions were un- being unanswered for you was a, that was it was to its detriment. That you know what I mean? Problem. And with this one, it's in, the, it's in the best way where I'm like, oh, I just got to watch this again. Because exactly. I have a feeling I might see it different ways every time I watch it.
1: Most likely. Yeah. Definitely. This is a banging film. Um yeah, like like we were talking about don't know if it's necessarily for everybody. This is a movie that might, you know, rub some people the wrong way, but it if, might be too much. If you're people. into some weird shit, this is really fucking Yeah, let's good.
2: see how weird shit you let's see how much weird shit you really like. Right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is exactly. a, a
1: barometer for weirdness. So, but like I said it, it wasn't done in distaste. It was a beautifully shot movie. The writing was really good. Acting was incredible, cinematography was beautiful. Like, he knew what he was doing, and I think he executed on the movie that he wanted to make. So,
0: yeah, that was shout shout out. Out. 100%. Shout out,
2: yeah. yeah. So, time for the code word for this episode. Oh my god, I don't know. Hot nuns, <laughs> <laughs> hot nuns, I like hot that. Nuns. Hot, nuns. Yeah. hot nuns, yeah, hot nuns with hot buns. What do you guys rate this movie? I gave it a five. Like yeah. I told you in the licorice pizza episode, I'm handing them out, dude. I'm, this year is very much getting me. <laughs> I honestly, I can't decide whether or not I want to give this a four and a half or a five. So I don't know. I'm
1: going to give it a four, seven, five. Yeah, four, <laughs> seven, five. I don't know. I have
0: this one to four and a half, too. Four and a half. Yeah.
1: This was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, makes you think it, it 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 does make you think
2: like you know have you seen that succession meme from the like one of the latest episodes like what are you a sicko yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how i feel know. about benedetta like yeah. maybe i'm a sicko <laughs> yeah
1: um because it really doesn't seem like this is getting a whole lot of uh, attention um or at least the attention that i know that we think it probably deserves
2: and I, that's kind of why we wanted to do the spoilers because i think sometimes with the spoilers episodes is that if we explain what's going on it's like what are you guys talking about that it might interest you to go see it a little yeah, more. Yeah, because even with all the spoilers that we
1: gave you, I mean, we did not give you everything, and that really doesn't even put into perspective
2: like the uh, the weight of this movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. so. so DM us, hot nuns, at the Grand Cinema Hotel <laughs> hot. on Instagram. Uh, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Comment. Loving the interactions. Loving the feedback. Yeah, hit us with some blasphemy, man. Let know, let <laughs> yeah, know tell me how I'm a blasphemer. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. Uh, thanks for checking into the grand cinema hotel. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.